0: Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Varano. Let's get into today's episode. So today we're going to be studying from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and so let's get into it. So Paul continues in this letter and he's talking to the brothers and sisters, basically the church in Thessalonica. So then he starts saying to them that, he is following up on teaching them um, with respect to how to live for God and how to please God. So he says to them that he's appealing to them to continue to grow through the teachings that he's giving them, and you know just continue to grow in Christ, basically. And then he talks about what God's will is for them. And so I'm gonna start reading from verse three now, um, where he talks about what God's will is for them. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. So let's get into it. So verse three, God's will is for you to be set apart for him in holiness and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. Yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity with holiness and dignity not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. There's honestly so much that can be said in here. There is so much that can be said. But when I think about it, I think about the fact that the Bible talks about our bodies, the temple of the Holy spirit. And so if we are the temple of the Holy spirit, I remember back in the old Testament, the way they kept the temple was very precise. And, you know, they were just not even bold enough to come to the temple if they had sinned. Instead, there was the high priest who was appointed, right, by God, basically, um, and who will sacrifice, who will make sacrifices based on, you know, the sins of the people, basically to come before the presence of God, to even be able to enter, right? So he couldn't just like randomly just casually walk in right but when we give our hearts to christ he becomes we become his temple he comes to live in us and we become his temple so if you think about the reverence in which they used to guard the temple back in the day even when david wanted to build a temple remember it was everything he wanted to build god a house and he literally had all the specifications it was very specific it wasn't just like you know i'm gonna just build god just somewhere right so if we think about it we are his living tabernacle where he's living temples so when we leave our house we carry the holy spirit we carry god so if we have that mindset then where where does the sexual you know where does the set where where is the opportunity to You know partake in sexual immorality and the thing is i feel like part of it is us not getting to the point where we understand that because he's like yes each of you must guard your sexual purity you must guard it your body is the temple of the holy ghost which means your sexual urges must be kept pure and holy with self-respect Like, there is so much I can say on this thing. Honestly, there is so much that can be said. But the truth is, we need to be mindful of this. Because if we really think about it, do you want to carry the body of God to go and have sex with someone you're not married to? When the word specifically says that he he hates fornication. I'm not going to talk too much about that um, because I do have um, quite a lot of episodes that I've done in the past regarding sexual purity. So please go and listen to that if you haven't already. Now, the really important thing that he does say in verse 5 is not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. So he makes a comparison. He's like, live in sexual purity. Don't be like those who live based on their lustful passions? They feel like having sex today. They go out and have sex today, despite not being married. Don't live like people who yield to their lustful passions, like those who don't know God. Hmm. I'm feeling convicted. I don't know if you're feeling convicted, but I'm feeling convicted to do even better in my walk with God. To do even better to keep my temple holy and pure, as I know that God would want. You know, and so if we move ahead to verse six, it says never take selfish advantage of a brother or sister in this matter. For we've already told you and solemnly warned you that the Lord is the Avenger in all these things. So don't be out here taking advantage of people in business transactions don't be out here taking advantage of people in life you know you don't do anything for this person but you're constantly calling this person to bail you out of out of problems don't be that person don't always don't be that person that is constantly taking advantage of somebody the lord is the avenger (laughs) and i'm sorry but you don't want the lord to avenge against you because bro the lord don't play about his own don't be that person and then verse seven for god's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion but to a life surrounded in holiness honestly this really really got me like i think this is probably my favorite verse from today's chapter because it just made me realize that i just thought about it you know as christians we have such a different life right so for example Things like you want to lie on your CV. It seems simple to people of the world. They're like, yeah, you have to sort of pattern it. That's what they say, pattern it, you know? Or you have to sort of, you know, like sell yourself, you know, like it's not really, it's not, you know, there are no implications of me saying I worked somewhere when I didn't work there, you know? But don't be that person. Don't live a life of compromises. Because the thing is, one compromise here, another compromise there, another compromise there. And it and is it, 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 like, where does it stop? Where does it end? So, when you think about it in, in that way, you realize that where does it really end? Where does it end? You know, don't be that person that is constantly making compromises that is against your faith. For example, you're dating a boyfriend. He's talking about, hon, you've already said you don't want to have sex. He's like, okay, no sex, but can we actually like touch each other up? Compromises. And you're like, well, it's not really sex, is it? We're just patting each other down. Hmm. Compromises. Perversion. We need to live a life surrounded in holiness. The truth of the matter is, if that thing is not holy, then you should not be doing it. If it is not something that portrays the life of holiness, then you should not be doing it. And then verse 8 says, therefore, whoever rejects this instruction isn't rejecting human authority, but God himself who gives us his precious gift, his spirit of holiness. So if you reject the instruction that Paul is given, i.e. flee from sexual immorality, don't use people don't use and abuse people don't live a life of compromise and perversion that means you are rejecting god's authority that means you are rejecting his precious gift that he's giving you the holy spirit the spirit of holiness the spirit that allows you to be holy the spirit that makes you holy the spirit that makes it easier for you to do things right and then if we continue reading there is no need for anyone to Say much to you about loving your fellow believers for God is continually teaching you to unselfishly love one another. Unselfishly love another. And, you know, in Greek, in the Greek, I can't even pronounce it, but it basically talks about it's been a God teaching of divine love, which came to us through Christ Jesus. So God basically taught us to love by giving us his son. So he's teaching us, okay, think about the perfect love that, that brought that about, right? God was like, okay, I'm not going to look at their sins. I'm not going to look at everything and the fact that they don't deserve it. And I'm not going to look at everything that their ancestors have done. No, instead I'm going to come speak the word and the word became flesh, right? In Christ, right? So God now came down in human body as jesus christ because he loved what greater love is that is there and he wants us to have that level of unselfish love towards one another and then paul in this instance was talking about like he had heard that they're known throughout macedonia for showing you know unselfish love and he he encourages them to continue in it he said they should let it flow more and more and more and then verse 11 which i really like goes on to say aspire to live aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business mind your business and earn your living just as we've taught you by doing this you will live an honorable life influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers then you will be in need of nothing and not dependent on, upon others. Aspire, that means you make it your driving ambition. Make it something, make it a goal for you to live a calm and peaceful life. Mind your business. The the word I said it, mind your business. You know, he's made it clear, mind your business. It's not everything that you get involved in. Focus on your business, focus on your walk with God. It's not everything that you need to gossip about. It's not everything that you need to give your two cents about. And then he goes on to say, when you choose and aspire to live a peaceful life and calm life and you mind your business, you will live an honorable life. You will live a life that influences others. You will live a life that commands respect. People, even people that don't believe in God, will be looking at you and being like, ah-ah, this person does not gossip. This person does not live like this. This person does not live like, ah-ah person is really a christian through and through and that is what you want you want your life to really preach the gospel to people and for them to be like wow i have to be a christian for them to be like i have to be a christian like this is this this person the way this person is like i need i need some of that and so then he moves on to a slightly different topic and talks about you know he wants them to be certain that those that passed away are going to rapture basically i'll explain it in a moment but he starts basically saying to them that he doesn't want them to grieve grieve the way other people grieve right the way people that don't have a hope in christ grieve right but he wants them to grieve differently because the dead in christ will rise again right so if we read verse 14 it will make more sense for if we believe that jesus died and rose again we also believe that god will bring with jesus those who died while believing in him okay so basically all the believers that died previously so if we really believe that jesus died and rose again we also believe that god will bring with jesus all those who died despite believing in him okay so then it goes on to say in verse 15 this is the word of the lord right so then he's now telling them this is the word of the lord right so it's sort of used to explain something that was a prophetic speech right so something that it is that is going to happen right so it's almost like you're praying and then you get a prophecy right so it's like this is the word of the lord we who are alive in him it's like god is speaking right God is revealing something to Paul in this instance, which is now communicating with them, okay? So he's saying, we who are alive in him, so all of us, all the Christians that are alive right now, right, at the time of rapture and remain until the Lord appears, so those who don't die until Jesus comes, right, will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died for both will rise together so the fact that you are alive when jesus comes old, or you are dead when jesus comes old, you will both shout, you will both rise that's basically what he's saying okay then in verse 16 he talks about for the lord himself will appear with the declaration of victory the shout of an archangel and the trumpet blast of god okay and then he goes on to say he will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Okay, so let me give you the picture. So this is what will happen: the Lord will appear, right, with a shout of an archangel, and then there will be a trump, trumpets that will sound, right. So it's like imagine your the voice of the archangel, the trumpet will sound, the Lord Jesus will appear, right. Okay. And then those who have died years prior a day prior that same day those who have died right will rise first to meet to meet jesus in the air right then in verse 17 it says then we who are alive will join them transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the lord in the air okay so basically think picture this now so Jesus is in the clouds, he calls the ones that are dead to rise up, they rise up, they go meet him in the air, guess what, then us, whoever is alive at the time of the rapture that is in Christ, will be transported, so you will basically be caught up, right, it's almost like, and and that's that's where the word rapture comes, it's not like, you know, rapture was used, the word was hapazo which basically means to be caught up together, okay? And so, basically, you you get caught up, right, together to be with the Lord. So, you get caught up and straight to the air. That's why if you see movies um, that, do, that talk about rapture, you realize that they always do this thing where two friends might be together and then, boom, one is gone. That's because... At the sound of the trumpets that one just got caught up right and so in the air and then we'll be joined together with the lord we'll literally be with the lord forever so he's telling them that they should use these things to encourage the others right so first things first it's important to know as a christian if you're listening today that there is something called the rapture. That is what I just described. When we are caught up to be with the Lord. And the sound of the trumpet. And then we go into heaven with the Lord. Now, I know that people are like, okay, when is the second coming? There is a second coming, which is different from the rapture. This is when we, all of us that were caught up in the rapture, all of us will, and Jesus will come together on the earth. And then that's where, People talk about new heaven, new earth, right? So, some people think new heaven, new earth exists, but they don't think rapture exists. But no, we can clearly see what he's talking about, and that is rapture. That is when we are caught up to be with the Lord at the sound of the trumpet. So, if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you. I know that you might feel like, oh, you've heard people say rapture, 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 rapture meditate on these scriptures let the holy spirit minister to you about this rapture is definitely real rapture is definitely happening and you want to be caught up to be with the lord because the problem is if you're not caught up to be with the lord then and you're alive you would have something called the great tribulation and to be honest i wasn't even thinking i was going to talk about this today but wow Thank you, Holy Spirit, right? So, there would be a moment of, like, the Great Tribulation, right? Where, at first, you would have about three and a half years of peace. Everything seems okay. The government will come up with some sort of um, explanation for the people that were missing, i.e., me and the rest of the saints that were caught up into heaven, right? And then, they will come up with some sort of story, okay? And so... come up with some sort of story as to what they think happened what not people will be cool with it for about three and a half years there will be peace things will be okay and people will be thinking okay okay this is good cool the antichrist would have influence everyone would think he's a man of peace has come to join the world together and everything is thriving then the other three and a half years where people will be begging to die and will not die where people will suffer great torment. And the thing is, you don't want to be in that, if you don't want to be alive in that period. You want to have been caught up with the saints when rapture happens. And how can you be caught up at that stage? It's by living a life of holiness. By living a life that is worthy of who you have received. By living a life that is free from compromises. Free from perversion. Surrounded with holiness. By living a life where you love people endlessly. Unselfishly. You live a calm and peaceful life. You mind your own business. By living a honorable life. By living a life according to what God has asked you to do. But how would you know what God has asked you to do if you don't read your Bible? And so that's what I want you guys to frame your mind. Be rapture-minded. Be rapture don't be like one of those Christians that will be like, yeah, 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 they said it, they said it. They've, they've said it and they keep saying it because it is happening, guys. And the way the world is, if we think about it, it's closer than ever because a lot of the things that the bible was saying would happen in the end times are starting to happen which means the time is not too it's not too far off it's not too long from now so that's why we need to be ready i honestly did not think i was going to be talking about this today but i guess someone somewhere needed to hear that and so yeah Before we end today's episode, um, if you have not said the prayer of salvation, which means that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ now. Um, So one of the big things that I have to emphasize is the fact that you have to believe completely um, with all of your heart and you have to speak forth, so which means you have to say it um, whilst believing in your heart. Now, it is not enough to believe. You have to believe and speak, um, and it's not enough to speak without believing. So it requires both. So now I'm going to say the prayer of salvation, and I need you to repeat it after me. Oh Lord God, I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God. I believe He died for me. And God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today and forevermore. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from this day. Through him and in his name I have eternal life. I am born again. Thank you lord for saving my soul i am now a child of god hallelujah praise the lord if you have said this prayer welcome to the family of god you are now a child of god you are now born again you can confidently say i am born again glory to god and so now if you want to learn more about how to live your life as a born again christian i will encourage you to go back and listen to every single episode on this podcast just keep listening and you will continue to see the transformation in your life and also i will encourage you to go out there go on google and search for now that you're born again by chris oyakilome and if you review that you will see in the book it explains carefully what happens now that you've given your heart to Christ it explains clearly what you have received as a child of God and so I will encourage you to actually go and read the book it's a really short book it's a PDF um, version and it is free online too and if for whatever reason you are unable to get the book just send me a direct message on Christian therapy and um, um using the christian therapy ha- handle um on instagram um yeah so just send me a direct message and i will organize for it to be sent to you so yeah thank you so much and um, for listening to today's episode god bless you and i will see you next time bye